Marco's Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. This entire episode is going to be about leadership because for the past few weeks, we've been having phone calls with people that are going to potentially join the Mattress Minds group. And if you want to find out about it, you can go to mattressminds.com. And it just struck us like we stood up in a canoe and Quinn hit somebody across the face with an oar. That we need to talk about leadership and dedicate some time to it. And I'm telling you, I want, we want you to listen to this episode, but if you are plugged into Nationwide's Learning Academy, it's going to magnify any of the, the takeaways that you have here. And it's really going to be another tool in your toolkit for developing the leaders in your organization because it's fun too. It's a lot of fun because you get to um, gamify it. My gosh, if you listen to um, a lot of their training stuff, you get to get educated on the products for sure, but you also can earn points and get gift cards and go out and spend it. So they do gamify it. They make it fun. They make the learning fun. But they're they're fantastic in terms of what they offer that way. And so um, I've heard a lot of retailers talk about it, and there's nothing like what they have. So you can go on, learn about the products, and get better, and actually um, make yourselves more effective on the sales floor because you know more, right? So you can sell more stuff. It's easy. Isn't that what the guy on Reading Rainbow said? The more you know. Do you remember LeVar Burton? Yeah, LeVar Burton. Yeah, I, I know him. But what did he? Yeah, I, and I remember he had a podcast, didn't he? He like the read stories. You know. Maybe I don't. He did. Th- so now finish your comment. LeVar Burton said. He said, "The more, the more you, know. you know." That's all he said on TV. <laughs> the more you know. And it was like a little like thing. And That's it. Like, okay, I got you now. It feels like a cliffhanger, but it's actually the complete thought. The more was, you know. I was waiting for you to pay it off and say, "The more you know, the more you grow." Or you just wanted me to rhyme. You just wanted me to rhyme. I see no, what's happening here. I got you though. I, I, I here's what I want. You're, you're, you have a. I love that quarter zip that you have on. This. That is a really nice shirt. Yes. Wait, aren't you wearing the same thing? I have a sweater on with buttons, and oh. I'm talking into a microphone. And that quarter zip, as handsome as that thing is, is rustling against your microphone. Is it really? Wow. What do I do with that? Just tuck it under. Tuck, tuck it under. under. Tuck that side under. No, I look like an idiot. No, well, I'll tuck it's mine a pod- under if you tuck yours it's under. How about podcast. that? It's a podcast. Okay, uh-huh. but I'm talking into a microphone here. Okay. I have a microphone. I'm just going to hold it like this. How's that? I'll do it anyway. See, look, I'll hold it I don't away. Care. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold it away. That's why we stopped doing video and we can just be shirtless. Speaking of shirts, what happened to your whale shirts? Um, They're in the closet, man. That's summertime stuff. You know, I'm not going to bust that out right now. It's winter. Snow it this morning. Winter. Yeah. yeah, we had some snow this morning as well. Well, I'm ex- I'm excited about this episode because it's all about leadership, and you know, leadership starts with yourself, and it starts at home, and it starts with your family. It does. And I know that you have had some some opportunities. Let's put them to be the the leadership dad that I know you love to be. Um, with some challenges that we're we're facing, Gabby. I mean, as she as she wrapped up her basketball season. So I, I love this story. Yeah, no, it was a um, tough season, man. They, the team wasn't that good. Um, 
Gabby didn't even play last year. She's a very good athlete, but so she was coming in off of not even playing for a year. But anyway, so they just had a tough year, and I think they won three games, something like that, and got beat in some games by 20, 30 points. And so it's her senior year. So she wanted to play her senior year and, like, make memories and all that stuff. So um, anyway, after every game, though, like, she would get done, and she would just get her butt kicked, and um, she's a pretty good player, so they would always, like, isolate her and put the toughest guard on her so that they would take her out of the game. And so then she's always having to fight that and get open and still score and do all that stuff. So it was very tough, very tough. And so her last game was last night. And so after the game, not last night, but the day before, they got beat by 25 or whatever. I said, listen, and she comes home crying again. And I get it. I mean, it's, it's humiliating and you're at your home crowd and you're losing big. And I said, listen, stop thinking about this in terms of winning the game because you know you're probably not going to win. Like, don't, don't plan on losing, but just think to yourself, okay, maybe we're not going to win. All you can manage is what you can manage. So your output, right, your determination, your effort, your, you know, your effort and, and the outcome from that. But then um, also don't look at it as just a win loss thing. Consider the fact that there are probably hundreds of girls in your school that would love to trade places with you that either don't have the skill to play basketball or aren't physically capable of playing basketball. There's people in different parts of the country um, that don't ever get to do anything like that. And so just fill your heart with gratitude yesterday morning um, is the text I sent her and, and go into the game and just being grateful and just make some memories, uh, have some fun with your friends on the court, regardless of the outcome, and just be in the moment with that. And let's see if you can get the results. So anyway, she comes out um, and she's on fire and she's driving to the basket, which she didn't do a whole lot of. She's more of an outside shooter. Bottom line is she puts up 20 points, scores half the, half the points for the team. And she's in the paper and she's getting phone calls in Texas morning. So it's just this incredible way to finish the season. But it all came down to uh, disrupting her state of mind and reframing the whole game from just going in to try to win it and just going in and going, hey, um, I'm just going to enjoy it and um, I'm not going to have that huge expectation. I'm just going to kind of look at it a bit differently. And it was awesome. So the pressure was off and I don't know, it was just a really cool thing. And as a parent, um, just to be able to hold her hand through that. And, uh, you know, as a result, she's got an incredible memory to uh, finish up the year with. So pretty cool. And how many young people have the ability to listen to their to their parents or their loved ones or a mentor in their life and actually implement that advice so quickly? And it sounds like there was a real sea change inside of her whenever she was able to get that perspective from you and she took it to heart and she was able to bring that forth inside of herself, that, that state of calm and that state of peace and gratitude that's amazing on her part. That's a, that's a unique thing for somebody to be able to take that advice and put it into practice. Yeah. And thank you. And she's a smart kid. And I think that what I'm about to say next is really relevant to the business environment. But, you know, for me, it's knowing the kid. So for every coach, if you're a coach out there and you manage kids on a team, know that every kid is so different and you can't manage them all the same. You can't inspire them the same way, just like an employee. They're all built differently. And I think maybe the one of the things that really got to Gabby was me saying to her, 
um, instead of being on the court and frustrated and you have that crappy look on your face as you run up and down the court because you're getting your butt kicked, flip the script there and, and have a better positive mental attitude because guess what? There's four or five girls on that team that are younger than you by a couple years. So what is the impact you have on them if your leadership to them looks like that face you have when you're dragging your butt up and down the court? Think about the impact you can have on those younger kids playing that sport in terms of how important mental game is and your attitude towards the sport. And I think that was it for her. I think that really connected to her. And she's like, you're right. And it was a good reminder that she is a leader and she's got to step up and show them the way. Right. You know, whenever I played basketball in high school, the scariest team you could step onto the court with was the team that was having fun from the moment they stepped onto the court. It's so true. I always think about the. And my team usually, by the way, was the one having the most fun. But whenever you step back, you're like, oh, my God, are they having more fun than us? That was a scary team because you knew they were confident, they were relaxed, and that's what's going to produce really good results in business and in basketball. When we play basketball, next AAU team, we go to these big tournaments, and there's some teams that go out and have this pregame ritual that's so cool. Like they do this, like dance thing, and they're jumping up around in the huddle, and they have this cheer. And I'm like, we got to do that. Now, we're a bunch of white boys that <laughs> can't dance or hey, don't I can have dance. Some, yeah, I know you can dance. I know that. You can um, dance too. You taught me a dance I got, routine. I, I do have some moves. I do have some moves. But anyway, you're right. Have you ever been to a big dinner thing where there's like, we just did this at uh, the, the club that we belong to here and had this big Mardi Gras night. And so this guy sits down at our table. He doesn't know the rest of us at the table. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, oh, no, I, I didn't realize you guys are all together and I'll go to a different table. I'm like, listen, sit back down. Or you're going to really regret it because when you go sit at some other table and you realize that this is the fun table, you're going to be really disappointed like you got up and left. So you ever think about that when you're in a big room and like you want your table to like have the most fun? Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> check this out. <laughs> I want to be the most fun group on the planet. When when we were at the nationwide event in Houston yeah. not too long ago, something, you know, <laughs> you talk about fun and you talk about team. Uh, we walked into this restaurant. It was packed. They said it was going to be a 45-minute wait. Well, naturally, I'm standing there holding a stuffed chicken. Sure. And the two— I was right behind you. I heard the whole thing. This right. is a good story. Tell, tell the rest of it. The two young gals that were working at the host stand, they both looked at this stuffed chicken. They kind of started to smile. And I'm like, hey, my eyes are up here. And I said— <laughs> I forgot you said that. I said, if you want to take a picture— I'll allow it, but just this once. So they break out their camera phones and they're laughing and we're just making jokes. And I look over and I'm like, I just kind of look down at this empty table, but it looked like it was reserved. And uh, I'm joking around. And I'm like, we can sit back there. We, we don't have to sit back there. We don't care. We're having fun no matter where we go. And she goes, you want to sit over there? I go, we'll sit over there. She goes, well, you have to have enough people to sit there, but we'll sit you guys there. And so we got a table right away just by having fun wherever we went. Uh, so I guess the lesson there is carry a stuffed chicken around and you're bound to get a table. That'll get you seating. I love it. But the fun aspect is real. And, and I'll tell you something else that stands out to me about your story about Gabby. It reminds me of Michael Grossman from Kensington Furniture who was on the podcast. We saw Michael give this amazing speech at Furniture today. 
and he talked about leadership and he, he said the first thing he did whenever he realized that his organization needed to change or they were going to be in real trouble was he went to a Tony Robbins uh, conference and he said, I had to get my mind set right. And when he got his mindset right, when in himself, the leader, he was able to inspire his team to live it out day to day and to do all the things, all the nuanced things that it takes to make an organization win. Just like Gabby got her mindset right. And I think that's definitely like this overarching meta principle for anybody in a leadership position is, is my mindset right? And not just is my mindset right in terms of, do I enjoy doing my job? No, is my mindset right in terms of, am I going to win? Do we have a winning attitude? Do we have a killer attitude? Well, you know, I, I think it's perspective, isn't it? I mean, that's exactly what you're saying. Because, and, and by the way, I think it's an important part of this story. I, I told you that this was the last game of the season, right? But this was not the first conversation I've had with her you know, to try to help her navigate the, the rough water, but um, it was maybe consistency, repetition, so some of the same things I had been saying, but even tweaked a little bit, and you just keep trying different things until something sticks, but so it is perspective, and, and I like, Kinsley, that brings us into um, more of the meat of this discussion, um, and I've talked about this on this podcast, but I think it's worth repeating. I was at a Badcock event, and um, a guy named David Salyers, who wrote a book called Remarkable. He was a Chick-fil-A executive in the marketing space. And I got a lot from his talk. And one of the things he said that I will never forget is um, when he was talking to one of the owners of one of his stores, um, the guy said, the way I look at my business is we are literally a leadership academy masquerading as a chicken fast food restaurant. So his perspective was if we are going to be awesome at making food and giving food to people, then it starts with me and how I look at serving the people on my team. And he understood that part of his job, maybe the biggest part of his job, or one of the biggest parts of his job, was fulfillment for his people. And not just that they had a place to come work and get a paycheck, but he wanted them to leave better than they came in um, with some skills that would serve them later on. And I think that is step one for anyone out there in terms of their own business, including one of the phone calls you and I had to get together with a retailer out there. Number one is how do you look at your business and how do you um, help your people grow and get better and train them to be better leaders inside your own company? I think Zig Ziglar said it. You build your team, your team builds your business. And if you're going to build a team, you got to attract the right people, but let's zoom out because we have some stuff down here on paper we're going to take you through. And it's really, it's really about, I would say six to eight key things that are going to help with your leadership development. Sarah, what's up? Oh my gosh, Mark. Hi. Nice to see you. I'm doing good. Well, good, good. Hey, you know what? I was in Savannah, Georgia recently. And I was at a Badcock event where they have like all their stores. They have like 350 stores or something crazy. Yep. And and I hadn't met those guys. And I was there working with Sherwood and their new Stanhope collection, which is this really high end. You're aware of that, all that. They, they said they loved you, by the way, because you helped them create the packaging for all that. Is that right? 
We did. We had a big hand in that. We, um, we, we do that all the time, helping customers with private label. And um, so we have a fun time working with them. And certainly their new Stanhope collection looks awesome. Well, you know, Kim, the buyer there, she's like, I love Sarah. I go, I know she's pretty cool. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, I had the, so I got to see those guys. And then I, I had one of the pure care pillows on one of the Stanhope mattresses that we had there. And you would not believe how many people made a comment about those pillows they love them it's that cool pillow what tell tell me which one it is and then um i, I and, and then uh who was it oh, anthony kind of showed me how to train people on it so i was training people on your pillows kind of showing them how to unzip it and you can take the baffle out but that that pillow is pretty incredible and you can do a lot with it yeah, it's a cool pillow, literally, because it is one of our cooling collection pillows. It's the soft cell chill pillow um, when it comes to the Pure Care line. And it has um, that patented top that just is provides an incredible feel. And, and part of what's so cool about the top of that pillow is that for people who love down and the feel of that, it pockets it so that that feel is consistent. One of the issues I have with down pillows is that that down shifts around and that feel starts to kind of change throughout the night. That's one of the brilliant things about this pillow is it gives you that really soft, consistent comfort. Uh, but you're right, you can unzip it and remove an inner pillow so that it adjusts the loft of the pillow, which is awesome for adjustable base mattress stories. Uh, and then you flip it over and it's got a really um, great memory foam. I think it's cooling gel topped as well. So uh, it's just got a hundred different things you can say about it. And it really does an excellent job of fitting a number of different sleepers. So my wife, Bridget, is one of those people that like wants to sleep on the same pillow, like maybe the rest of her life. <laughs> you know, yeah. She doesn't want to trip. <laughs> She doesn't want new pillows, and I'm like, you can't do that. You know, you, you, you drool on the pillow, honey. You got to get new pillows. So I just literally this week took that filling out because she likes a really flat pillow. Mm -hmm. I took that filling out, so I got it like to where it was a thin profile, and then I got the Frio pillow case protector on top of that. Yep. And so she laid on that thing, and I'm telling you right from the beginning, uh, she totally loved it. So anyway, she's a big fan, and that is, you're right, versatile. That pillow is totally versatile, so, versatile. so great design. I loved it, and she loves it, so um, home run on that one. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for the feedback from the uh, Badcock Show. That's really exciting. You bet. They love you. I'm not surprised. So do we. All right. Take care, Sarah. Thanks, Mark. No. So we're going to take you through these six to eight things that um, start with your mindset, but really it, it, it was you getting into it there, which is begin with why. It's what Simon Sinek wrote an entire book about. Nobody cares what you do. If you say what you do to somebody that's a potential employee or somebody you want to develop into an, a leader, we sell mattresses. That's what you do. But why do you do it? And if you really put some heart into that and you detail it out, that is much more emotional and powerful and bigger thinking than just what we do or how we do it. If you say why, we change people's lives through better sleep. We change people's lives through the products that we sell here in this store and through the experience that we create, and through the relationships that we build. Like you have to get very clear on your why or everything else that flows out of that will be very weak. It's going to be so weak to the point that it's not going to be inspirational. And people don't want to work for an organization that doesn't inspire them or they think is just a transactional job. 
just like you don't want people to come to your business for price and item only, do you want your employees just to come to the job because they get a paycheck? Probably not. So how do you undo that thinking or undo that mentality? It starts with why. I, 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 we have conversations like this and sometimes it makes me think that we're talking about stuff that seems so common sense and everybody does it, but I can't tell you how many times I've been inside of companies where their people have no sense at all of the why. Um, their job is to come in and sell whatever that store is selling. And there is no purpose um, ingrained into the ethos at the business that they work for. And I, I really wish leaders would understand the impact of that. And not just why they're working inside the business, but why it's important for them as a human being to be part of this one, like how lucky they are to be part. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can help them understand why this particular company is great for them in particular, then there's purpose and connection uh, and desire to come back and, and want to have a career there. But um, a lot of, a lot of companies don't do it. So I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too basic. I think it's a really important foundational principle. And you're going to weed out the knuckleheads on the front end for the most part. And you're going to have a better chance at attracting the people with heart and the people with good attitudes. And that's principle number two. So you start with your why, and then you hire for attitude. You train to the position. And you might be saying, okay, that would be great. And, and you can get a sense, does this person have empathy? Are they positive? Are they actually smiling or putting on a, a porcelain grin? You know, you can get a sense about a person. You know, some of us don't have that intuitive piece as much and others do, but you can probably get a pretty good sense of, does this person have a good attitude? Well, they don't know anything about selling mattresses or delivery or operations, but if they have this amazing attitude, you can train to that. So hiring for attitude is, is, is in my opinion, always going to win. Are one of the many people that we talk to that says, I can't find good people. Then there's another layer to this that you have to put some strategies in place to fix. If you can't find good people, putting another ad on indeed.com or in the classifieds is probably not the best strategy. You have to become a magnet. And I use this analogy at, at Nationwide in a different context when we spoke there, but if you're standing on the shore and you look out into the harbor and you see a ship with a skull and crossbones Jolly Roger flag flying up at the mast, what do you do? Go away. You unless you're sail, a pirate. You sail away from it unless you're a pirate. That's right. And if you're a pirate, you get on that ship because mm -hmm. that's your magnet. They're flying the flag that connects with you emotionally. You like the pillage and the treasure and all that other stuff. So think about what flag you're flying. And if you're not flying any flag, that's a problem too because when you fly your flag, for us it's the flag of, positivity, having fun in the mattress industry, making an impact on people, and we live it out. So people know kind of what we stand for because we fly that flag and they know this is the ship that I want to get on. If you don't, if you don't fly a flag at all, that's a problem because people are going to know you don't really stand for anything. You're a big fat nothing burger. You, you know, I want to make uh, one additional comment in terms of flying that flag because it's relevant to this Chick-fil-A story and the, specifically the one here in Joplin, Missouri. But then I want you to talk about some of the stuff you and I were talking about. Let's dive in more detail into like how to train on leadership, because I think you had some really good stuff on that. But 
f- comment on flying the flag, Kinsley, the, the Chick-fil-A store, like imagine yourself, like we hear a lot of people like at the nationwide event talking about how difficult it is to recruit good people, right? We sat through a whole session and heard people for a half hour talk about how difficult that was. Here's the funny thing. If you managed a fast food restaurant, so that's a pretty high level furniture business. There's good pay. Um, yes, it's weekends, but it's a good job to have. How would you like to be the person that was the general manager of a Taco Bell, for instance, and trying to recruit hourly employees to come to work every day, right? How difficult is that labor pool to attract? Do you think for a second that Chick-fil-A in Joplin, Missouri, because you've been there, or other Chick-fil-A's, has a problem finding those people? Because, and the answer is they don't. And the reason is because their flag is you come work here, and you can be part of something that's incredible, that we teach you how to um, serve people at the highest level possible. Um, there's tons of respect from the customers that come in because it's a great place to go eat. And so they don't have a problem. And it's a fast food restaurant. So um, I just love that example because it's not as hard as you think if you're flying the flag. But anyway, so let's go drill down and talk to um, this audience about if you want to train in terms of leadership, like what are some easy ways to do that, Kinsley, um, based on the conversation you and I were having earlier? There's a four quadrant approach that I think everybody should really consider adopting because what it, what ends up happening, let's say that you begin with your why, you attract some really good talent that has great attitude maybe even have become a magnet for filling up your pipeline and you get people in your door pretty easily. But what happens when you get them to the other side and then you have all these other priorities that come up as a business owner or as a manager, they're going to feel like they were left kind of hung out to dry if they're not um, engaged in a training process that makes them feel as though they're coming out on the other side, a leader themselves. So how do you take somebody from um, com, you know, the unconscious incompetent to a leader. And there are four quadrants. And I'll walk you, walk you through them real quickly. And it sounds basic. And some of the language gets mixed together. But just, just imagine quadrant number one is watch me. So if I'm the manager or I'm the leader, the new person is just going to walk around watching me. And don't underestimate the amount of time it takes for them to see the nuance of conversation and the way that you handle these different new nuances of situations, but they want, you need to let them watch you for a while. Just simply watch you do what you do. This actually happened with you and I, whenever, um, I was on the marketing agency side of things and you first took me to Las Vegas market and to the betting conference. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything about the industry really, but I would just follow you around watching you talk to people watching you share your passion for the business, watching the, the, the nuance of your interaction. So that was quadrant number one, and I got to experience that, and it truly helped me. Quadrant number two is, okay, you've been watching for a while. Now you're going to help me. So, and, and you did this as well. I got to help you in the business and in the conversations, and I would you know, take little parts of what we were working on and develop expertise around it. So I was helping you, but you didn't say, great, you've watched me. See you later. Good luck, Kinsley. No, I watched you and then I helped you. So whenever your people are, whenever you're working with your people to develop them as leaders, 
go through the watching process and go through the process of letting them help you. But they're doing you. They have your full support. You're not going anywhere. And this is not one day. This is multiple days. This could be multiple weeks or months that they get to help you. That's quadrant number two. Number three is, okay, they're feeling a little bit more confident. Your new person is going to do the work and you, the leader, are going to help them. So we started with watch me, help me. Now I help you. But the, the new person is going to be the one performing most of the tasks, doing most of the interaction. You're there to assist. You're not leaving them high and dry. You're there to answer some of the, the questions that might come up. The last one is I, the leader, watch you. And that's the very that's the end of the handoff. You have to watch them, but not do the work. You're not there to help them. You're there to maybe debrief with them at the end of the day or at the end of that interaction. But they have to have that chance to make some of their own mistakes um, on their own accord with you there as somebody who's going to give encouragement and feedback. If you walk people through all four of those quadrants, they're much more likely to come out on the other side with the ability to handle their job and to potentially move into a position of leadership where they can take new people through that process. That scales and gets you out of this day-to-day trying to crash the waves and trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Um, And it's going to develop a a leadership system. So I, I would imagine, I don't know, 100%, 100%, but I would imagine that Chick-fil-A probably has something similar to that that they take their employees through because even the young kids are really well-trained. They all say, if I say thank you, they say, it's my pleasure. Yeah, no doubt. And I think part of this, and it goes back to the fast food level, um, is people say, well, getting people that care enough that want to be leaders inside of my business is a challenge too. But to your point earlier, if we're flying a flag, then you attract a different type of person and you get people that, so it's don't hire, don't, don't figure out how to motivate your people, hire motivated people. And so it, a lot of it starts on who you're bringing into your business and the kind of people that you are um, bringing in to help serve um, your customer. And if you get the right people, then it, makes so much of that easier. And then when you, when they know that you, they care about that, you care about them as an employee, um, when they feel like there's purpose behind what they do, um, when you can make it fun and, um, they're enjoying their job and all of that stuff is happening, then the leadership thing actually takes shape so much easier than it would. It's not, you're not forcing it. It's just part of the culture And it's a part of what you're doing. And Kinsley, there's this quote um, that uh, David Salyers gave out that I really like. And um, I want to share it. And it's right here. Uh, Not everything that counts, um, not everything that can be counted counts. And not everything that counts can be counted. And so some of what we're talking about is an intangible. It is a touchy-feely thing um, like purpose. But if you're a person listening to this and you don't get it or you don't buy into that, I'm going to tell you, you are missing out in a very big way. And if it upsets you to hear me say that, then you're exactly who I'm talking to. Because the purpose part, the fun part of making your company fun to be a part of, all that is so big. 
Um, and that's what creates it, it creates this environment of people wanting to grow and to become leaders. And they realize it's not just about the job they're doing. They, they realize it could be about the next thing that they take on or the next job that they do. So there's bigger picture stuff going on there as well. Yeah. And I, I think when you talk about these group dynamics, you got to remember that we need to get out of the fray of the office every once in a while and do fun things together, you know, face challenges that are different than, you know, delivering mattresses or trying to close sales. Um, so get out of your environment and do fun things together because that's going to cause like group cohesion. And I think that's super important. And you, know, you can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. Cool as ice. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get high. If you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Right. Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses